Hey Slayers, welcome back to another Diablo podcast. Nerfs and patch notes galore have hit Diablo 4 just in time for Season of the Malignant. But don't worry, every class is feeling less powerful, so you're not alone. And, you know, you have to start a new character anyway for this season, so choose wisely. A lot of the community, by the way, is pegging rogues and druids to be pretty powerful still. Barbarians and necros, also solid. And sorcerers might have the toughest climb. In terms of new info, there is a ton. Blizzard has listed off every new Corrupted Heart power coming, and along with it, launched the latest patch with seven new legendary aspects, six new uniques, and a host of balance changes and bug fixes. Sit back, there's a lot. Before we dive in, I'm Fran Mirabelle III, and remember, you can always find me streaming live on Twitch at FM3 underscore. I play a druid, by the way, in case you were wondering. I hit level 100 before this season, so in addition to all this news, I do have a lot to say about how I'm feeling. I'll definitely be having more conversations with others on future episodes, but for now, I just want to talk to you one-on-one. So hit that follow and stay tuned for more conversations with others. For this show, let's dive in. There's just a lot. In particular, the 1.10 patch served up some buffs, but definitely the headline is that there's just a ton of nerfs, less power all around. Now, Blizzard pretty much explains, uh, and you'll hear this later in the podcast, they're reducing and nerfing some things because they felt things were too easy and believed that this is needed for the game's longevity. But prepare yourself. As, as an example, things like damage reduction and even crit damage have gotten reduced. Of course, with any huge patch, there's just a lot more than meets the eye. You know, we got to get our hands on it. On top of this, you know, we have to see where these new malignant powers will come into play. But at the end of the day, Blizzard is trying to get a handle on some of the crazy output that we've been seeing, and they're reining things in. Here's what Blizzard had to say about that balancing act. As our community continues to battle the burning hells, the builds emerging from the new players have shocked and delighted us. We've chosen to focus Season of the Malignant's balance updates on clear itemization disparities over redesigns of class features. The class changes are largely focused on numeric increases to skill upgrades and legendary aspects that players haven't yet found compelling. Additionally, we're changing critical strike damage paragon glyphs to empower all damage instead of only core skills to enable more build strategies. There are also a few class stat decreases on sources which grant extreme amounts of damage, healing, or unstoppable. Uh, by the way, yeah, the shred druid, which was doing billions in damage, that was an example of that. Uh, back to what Blizzard said. In general, we prefer build-specific changes to be bonuses instead of decreases, but we feel these changes are necessary for the overall health of the game. Diablo 4 is a game that is continually evolving through its seasons. Thus, the adjustments we make will evolve with them. End quote from Blizzard. <clears throat> so, I want to talk about these new powers. 32 of them to be exact, although that's basically 12 heart powers that everyone can use in this season, plus four unique ones that each class has to itself. So you can more so think about this as 16 powers for you to play with per class. In case you missed the memo, though, the new season requires you to start a new character. You can listen to the last episode 
for a brush up on that. But basically, uh, what that means is there is a new seasonal server. So make sure you get prepped for that. Uh, if you haven't, when you log in, log into your old characters. Uh, it's going to do some copying of all your old maps and the renowned tracks that you've got done. And, um, you know, make sure all that carries over to the new season. And of course, if you've finished the campaign, you can skip straight to the new quest line. Um, so yeah, this is a new season. So for the next three months or so, if you join in on that, you'll be chasing these malignant hearts. Basically, you'll find them, slot them into your jewelry gem sockets, and you'll gain new powers as listed. Side note, by the way, I would peg season two somewhere around October 19th, 2023, which, by the way, is when Alan Wake 2 and Spider-Man 2 are releasing. Uh, it's also when TwitchCon is, if you want to come to Las Vegas and say hello. But, uh, you know, plan ahead. As for me, I'm going to be pretty screwed. Anyway, the malignant hearts are broken into four categories and colors. Orange is vicious or offensive. Blue is, br br bleh, blue is brutal or defensive. Pink is devious or utility. And black is wrathful or super. Uh, the way I'm remembering that, black, super, that seems easy. It's the one without a color. Uh, orange is offensive. All right. Defensive is blue, uh, BD, business development. Uh, pink is utility, puh, puh, ink. All right, there, that's, that's how I'm going to remember it. Uh, good luck on your end. Blizzard gave uh, examples of their power, uh, these malignant hearts, on a level 20 character. So remember that these stats listed will grow the higher that you take things with the item power. Let's talk some specifics. I'm not going to go through all 32 of the powers, by the way. I think your ears might start to bleed. But, uh, you know, I've picked quite a few interesting examples that will illustrate what we're getting into with Season of the Malignant. All right, here's the first one. The Barber is a wrathful superpower that every class can use. It says, critical strikes and all subsequent damage within two to four seconds is absorbed by your target. Then the absorbed damage erupts onto surrounding enemies. Stored damage is increased by 10% per second. Another one, the Prudent Heart is a brutal defensive power for every class. You become immune for two to four seconds after you lose more than 20% of your life in a single hit. This effect can only occur once every 110 seconds. That's almost two minutes, by the way. Retaliation is a devious utility power for everybody to use. It says you can deal about five to 700 fire damage to surrounding enemies whenever a crowd control effect is removed from you. Here's one for sorcerers. There's an offensive power called Talrasha. It's a vicious offensive. For each unique element you deal damage with, you deal seven to 12% increased damage for three to 10 seconds. So yeah, mixing your frost and fire, etc., will have some payoffs with this one. Barbarians will have a super heart power called ignoring pain. Uh, this says incoming damage has a five to 15% chance of being ignored and instead healing you for anywhere from 17 to 68 life. Again, remember that this will scale as the item power goes higher. Druids gain something called the inexorable force. 
It says up to 30 to 50 distant enemies are pulled towards you while you have an ultimate skill active. As a druid, I'm pretty excited about that one because you push people out with um, Cyclone and some other stuff. And so the ability to actually pull them in and do a lot of close damage is going to play really nicely with some builds that I just think it'll be a lot of fun. Granted, you know, you're going to have to use your ultimate to get there. Necromancers can gain a malignant heart called Frozen Tear, up to 10 to 20% chance of inflicting fear for two and a half seconds. Feared enemies are chilled for 20% every second. Here's one for rogues. You can get a heart called Trickery. When you use a subterfuge skill, leave behind an unstable, shadowy decoy trap that taunts enemies. The shadowy decoy trap will explode after six seconds, dealing somewhere about 700 to 1,000 shadow damage. Cannot occur more than once every five seconds. So there's definitely some cool stuff to stack onto these seasonal builds. What I really like is the, that the, it sounds really cool. It's called Revenge. Revenge is a brutal defensive heart. Here's what it says. 10 to 20% of incoming damage is instead suppressed. When you use a defensive, subterfuge, or macabre skill, all suppressed damage amplifies by 250% and explodes, dealing up to 1,000 to 2,000 in fire damage to nearby enemies. Again, a reminder, these numbers are going to scale. This is for a level 20. Um, so as a reminder to get these hearts, you got to chase down special corrupted enemies in this new season. But Blizzard also revealed that you will be able to craft malignant hearts. Here's what they have to say about that process. Any heart that you don't wish to keep can be salvaged at Corbin at Corman's Wagon for Icor of a corresponding color. Icor is a resource that allows for creation of malignant hearts and can also be harvested for lesser, from lesser malignant monsters. Salvaging each vicious, brutal, and devious heart will provide you with about 5 to 15 Icor, with Wrathful Hearts providing between 2 to 5 Icor of all other heart types. Creating a random heart of a specific type costs 35 I-Core of two primary colored hearts. So, for example, if you wanted to craft a vicious heart, you would need 35 brutal I-Core and 35 devious I-Core. In return, you would receive a random vicious heart that scales to the level of your character. The random heart you create will always either be for your specific class or it will be class agnostic. Okay, so the short description of that is that, you know, you can't salvage a type of heart and just craft the same one. You're going to be forced to chase down other hearts, build up this pool of materials like anything else. And if you caught it, again, this can also be harvested from lesser malignant monsters. All right, let's move on to the new items. Let's take a look at the six new uniques that have been added to both the Seasonal and Eternal Realm. Uh, and yeah, don't forget that the patch has affected both realms. If you want to go in and check out your pre-seasonal characters and look for these. The Avarian Spear of Lycander is an uber-unique staff that everyone can use. So, you know, good luck getting that one. 
For those who don't know, Uber Uniques are ultra-rare items that we've barely seen in the game at all. I certainly don't have one. Um, but this unique staff of Lycander will allow you to gain a random shrine effect for 10 to 20 seconds after killing an elite enemy, um, and that can only occur every 30 seconds. Here's a new Sorcerer Unique, the Oculus Wand. Gain the effect of the Teleport Enchantment for free. When you evade using Teleport Enchantment, you are taken to a random location. A rogue unique bow is called Eaglehorn, another unique here. Penetrating Shot has a 30 to 80% chance to fire an arrow that bounces off walls and scenery. Hitting enemies from behind with Penetrating Shot will make them vulnerable for three seconds. Necromancers can chase a unique shield called Lidless Wall. Here's what it says. Lucky hit. While you have an active bone storm, hitting an enemy outside of a bone storm has up to a 5 to 25% chance to spawn an additional bone storm at their location. Each of your active sacrifice bonuses increases the chance by 25% and the total number of additional bone storms that you can have by plus one. All right, here's one for Druid that I understand a little better. It is a new unique called the Flesh Render. A one-handed mace. It says, debilitating roar and blood howl deal 0.5 to 1 damage to nearby poisoned enemies. So again, you got to remember that that damage is going to scale into the thousands, you know, once you get that 7 or 800 item power. Barbarians have a new unique sword called the Azure Wrath. One luck, it's unlucky hit. Your core skills have up to a 20% chance to freeze enemies for 3 seconds and deal 0.75 to 1.5 cold damage to them. Okay, those are the six new uniques. Now, let's talk about the seven new legendary aspects. A little easier to get these. Audacity is a new utility for all classes that says, when there are five close enemies, stun them for two to four seconds. This can only occur once every 20 seconds. Craven is a mobility aspect for all classes, which says you gain 20 to 40% increased movement speed when moving away from slowed or chilled enemies. Barbarians can find a new offensive aspect called Ancestral. Ancestral Charge. Char, it says Charge calls forth four ancients who also charge, dealing 50 to 100% of normal damage. Druids will be looking for one called Subterranean. It's an offensive aspect where Poison Creepers Active also casts Landslide in a circle around you. Earth skills deal 10 to 20% increased damage to poisoned enemies, creating some, uh, some nice synergies there. Necromancer's new offensive aspect is called Gore Quills. It says Blood Lance will consume blood orbs to conjure lances from them. Each additional Blood Lance deals 20 to 50% of normal damage and prioritizes targeting unlanced enemies. Rogue got a new offensive aspect called Pestilent Points. Every third cast of Puncture is poison imbued with 100 to 150% of normal potency. And the last of the seven new legendary aspects is the Sorcerer's Searing Wards, an offensive that. 
after spending 200 to 100 mana, your next firewall is free to cast and will destroy incoming small missiles. All right, whew, so that's a big list. Let's move on and talk about some of these general overarching gameplay updates as well. A little sip of water for me. All right, uh, here's some overarching ones. Altar of Lilith unlocks are now account-wide. Map discovery is account-wide. Overall loot quality has been significantly improved for Silent Chess. They have generally reduced the tendency for many monsters to move around in combat so that melee characters don't have to chase down their enemies as much. Uh, for PlayStation fans, they added DualSense Edge wireless controller support for PC. Renown adjustments have been made. Um, so SideQuest Renown now rewards value uh, from 20 to 30. So it's been increased. Sorry, let me repeat that. SideQuest Renown reward values have been increased from 20 to 30. Dungeon Renown reward values have been increased from 30 to 40. So if you didn't finish your Renown rewards yet, you're in luck. It is faster now. World Tier 2 has the following bonuses added to it. Bonus Gold increased from 15 to 20%, and then monsters now drop 15% more items. Level scaling inside dungeons and most overworld territories have been adjusted in World Tiers 3 and 4. Monsters will begin to trail behind the player in level after a certain point, up to a maximum of 5 levels behind you. This change does not affect world bosses, legion events, Fields of Hatred, Helltide, or Nightmare Dungeons. So again, there's going to be some level scaling inside dungeons and territories where monsters will now start trailing behind you. So for example, in World Tier 3, if the player's level is below 55, the monster is still 55. The player's 55 to 60, the monster level stays at 55. Once you get above 60, it starts to change. So there's where you start to feel a little more power. But then, if a player is level 62, for example, the monster's level is 57, etc. So again, at max, it's only going to trail five behind you. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind. I'm level 100, so you know I haven't really experienced this too much, but what I can say is it sounds mostly fine. I don't play too much of the open world, and honestly, it kind of slows you down. So yeah, again, I think feeling the power will just feel better in the open world. Instead of it always feeling like, man, I, I got knocked off my horse and now I have like a longer fight. Like, it's not like I'm doing dungeons. I'm just trying to, you know, pass through the town. Another general change that's happened. Um, reward experience for completing Whispers in World Tiers 3 and 4 has been significantly increased. And here's a big one for those looking to level quickly. Blizzard pretty much doesn't like you standing around at the beginning of dungeons while your powerful friends do all the work for you. So yeah, they looked at it. They've adjusted bonus experience rewards for killing monsters that are higher level than the player. So here's a couple examples they gave. Pre-season of the Malignant, three levels higher would result in plus 25% experience from those monsters. Now, post-season of Malignant, Plus three levels is only 3% experience. So massive experience nerf there. But plus 10 level enemies will be 15% experience boost. Here's what Blizzard had to say 
to justify that. We have observed that the experience bonus rewarded for killing higher level monsters escalates too fast when compared to the relative challenge involved. We still want to reward players for taking on this challenge by encouraging them to participate in power leveling together instead of one player killing enemies while another member of their party waits at the dungeon's entrance. Okay, so, you know, we'll see how it feels to level to 100 this season. A few more things that you want to look out for. Helltide monsters are now three levels higher than you instead of two, so they just got bumped up one. But when you're getting those big mystery chests, they used to be 175 um, aberrant cinders, but now they cost 250. I actually don't have a major issue with that. I mean, I would like to get this done more quickly, but I usually ended up like pretty easily between 180 to 200. So another, you know, 50s, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, all interactable objects in Helltide zones now have a small chance of dropping aberrant cinders. Okay, so on the balance front, oh man, there's a lot. Um, so I'm not going to read a thousand words of patch notes, but I am going to pick out some big ones, and you're definitely going to want to hear these. Uh, even if you think you've heard these, you probably want to hear them again. Um, they increased monster HP scaling from 85% to 100% bonus per extra player in party. So again, as you group up, I actually thought before for every, you know, member that joined, you would kind of get, it would just be double for two in the monster's HP pool then triple for three, but it wasn't, but uh, now it will be. So they've also um, adjusted some of the drop rates. They've increased bonus to drop ancestral and sacred items in Nightmare Dungeons from 5% to 10%. So they doubled it. Nightmare Dungeons now have a 50% chance to drop a second legendary item upon completion. Um encouraging you to complete the nightmare dungeon instead of just farming it no doubt but it also does make it feel more rewarding i experienced this a little bit already and it's just nice to see two legendaries on the screen once you finish the dungeon they've increased the chance to drop an uh, extra equipment item from elite monsters in nightmare dungeons and helltide and they've increased that by 10 percent the chance to drop an extra equipment item from elite monsters in those activities also, all those perks and affixes on your gear have gotten a good looking into as well. Here's what Blizzard has said about your affixes. Many affixes are too efficient and are outshining alternatives. We're looking to refine the outliers, improve the number of meaningful choices on competitive slots, and increase the overall flexibility of items. We know these changes will reduce the total amount of possible power a character can possess. So, while we'll be monitoring how these changes affect players' ability to conquer expected milestones throughout the season. Sorry, they, they will be... So, they will be monitoring how those changes affect players' ability to conquer expected milestones throughout the season. Uh, but yeah, there's quite a few in here, so I'll just touch on some of those big examples. And, you know, before you start thinking about these numbers, you can actually just check your gear if you remembered some of the stuff you had and see that those numbers have changed. Um, just remember, for example, if one of these affixes was at the value of 10 and we hear, oh, it's been brought down by 20%, it will now read 8 by the way, this is also an important note for those of you, you know, who've made it this far into the show. If you haven't, 
I expect you to turn on your advanced info tooltips in your gameplay setting. That way you can see the ranges of how your gear is rolling. Not everybody knows to do this, but yeah, it's pretty cool to see, oh, this could have rolled at 5% or 10%, and you see where you fall within that range and how good the gear is. And you can also see these nerfs. So let's, let's start and talk about some of these nerfs. Cool down reduction has been reduced by 30%. Here's what Blizzard says on the matter. Cooldown reduction of fixes often felt mandatory due to their raw power. We imagine cooldown reduction will remain a highly desirable stat, but the penalty for not prioritizing it won't be as harsh. Critical strike damage has been reduced by 17%. Vulnerable damage, this one got hit big, reduced by 40%. Yet again, here's Blizzard's explanation. We're seeing critical strike damage and vulnerable damage often viewed as a hard requirement for a build success in Diablo 4. We believe this is a step towards allowing more builds to flourish and will continue to make changes in support of this goal. Damage to crowd-controlled enemies has been decreased by 30%. However, damage to frozen enemies has actually been increased by 20%. Here's what Blizzard said on uh, that crowd control stuff. Damage bonus to crowd-controlled enemies was overperforming relative to the ease of activating it versus stricter crowd-control-type specific affixes. But wait, there's more to make your life painful. Uh, Blizzard is ramping up the damage you take from a ton of sources and reducing your defensive abilities. Uh, here's what the developer said. We've seen that skillful players are frequently slaughtering monsters many levels above their own. We want to support this, but the current situation is beyond what we believe is the correct, is correct for the long-term health of the game. To chase this goal, we're shifting power to many, we're shifting power to many offensive affixes from defensive affixes. We know this will make our endgame content more deadly particularly for those chasing our pinnacle boss, an encounter not meant for the faint of heart. However, the pinnacle boss will take every ounce of grit you can muster and all the tools at your disposal to overcome it. We will continue to evaluate feedback from the community and make changes to our combat mechanics. End quote from Blizzard. Okay, so here's some examples of how that works. Damage reduction from close enemies, been reduced by 20%. In, a, in general, you know, most damage reduction of fixes are reduced 20 to 25%, like damage from poisoned enemies, damage from distant enemies, and so on. Total armor has been reduced by 30%. So yeah, things are gonna hurt more now. You're definitely gonna have to think about your playstyle a little bit more and, you know, obviously readapt your builds. What you're going to want to do, though, is definitely lean into some of this output. Um, so, you know, let's give some examples of that. Physical fire poison damage has been increased by 25%. Shadow damage over time increased by 40%. So it's not all bad news. Um, they've definitely done some big increases to damage output to make you feel a little bit more lethal in this more lethal environment. And then here's some more examples. And again, this is not everything, but I'm going to fire off a few. 25% increases to all the following damage types. 
fire, cold, lightning, poison, shadow, non-physical. 40% increase to fire, shadow, and physical damage over time. 25% damage increase to some weapons, ranged weapons, two-handed slashing, skills that swap the new weapons. 33% increase to these skills, companion skills, conjuration, brawling. 25% increase to these skills, cutthroat, earth, frost, imbued, pyro, shock, storm. So yeah, you can check out all those patch notes on Blizzard's websites, but you know, for now, why don't I just give you some of my raw thoughts on what I'm feeling like going into this season. Uh, let me take a sip of water before I spout all that off. All right, so, yeah, I mean, look, nerfs suck. They, they, you feel it because you've already felt the power, and everyone wants to be powerful, but, you know, I also like tough games. You know, I keep getting brought back to, in my mind, a game like Elden Ring, and I know that it's not the same at all. Um, Diablo 4 is very chaotic. It's very fast. I've been playing Diablo games since the very beginning, um, although not at the depth that I've been going with Diablo 4. But, uh, you know, I like games to be tough. And although I definitely sympathize with folks who have worked really hard to get the drops, they've worked really hard and spent millions in gold on, you know, now the Eternal server to get these characters that are now left behind, but you can still go play them. But you get these builds and you're like, man, that feels good. I'm zooming. And you feel that power and it sucks to, to feel brought down. It sucks as well to start having to replace that stuff or even like unhook your brain from like, man, I was taking damage reduction while fortified all the time. I was taking vulnerable crit damage and crit chance on rings, which you're still going to want. But like you got to start retraining yourself in how you play the game. So. You know, I get why it's uncomfortable and kind of a bummer, but we're only a month out and we have so far to go. And like, quite honestly, it just, it gives us something to do. And the game does have a bunch of challenge in it. I can't say that I personally understand like what happens between like a nightmare tier, you know, 70 and 100. It gets so tough, you know, even at level 100, you don't suddenly just walk into a tier 75 nightmare dungeon. And so it's hard for me to understand what the climb is, right? The seasonal malignant hearts are going to have some effect, but yeah, it's, it's hard to understand. Like when do you feel that much power? What do you have to do to get there? Um, because it still seems like it's going to be about these loophole builds and you know, the community will probably find some more and maybe they'll find some more bugs that are new in the same way that they, you know, there's stuff that's still bugged that's powerful. So you know, we'll see where it goes, but I guess I'm bringing it back to the point of like, I like tough games. I, when I, when I play this, and this is just personal, I'm not saying that you have to agree, but I always am in, like ratcheting up the Nightmare Dungeon level. I always want it to feel tough. If I have four revives, I want to walk out of there with one. Um, you know, even when I'm leveling, I enjoy the game so much more because it gets me thinking about my builds, gets me thinking about things to replace. and. Again, I'm not a player who's just like copying builds right away as soon as they're out the door, right? And like, hey, I just, just tell me what to put on and make me feel powerful. But I do understand, again, that some people really love that and they don't have time 
to be messing around, you know? And so it's two different play styles, but I like tough games. Um, let's see where it goes. But it also brings us to the point of like, on the one side, yeah, again, it gives us something to do, but also we don't have like a ton left to do. So I think there's two mindsets to this of like, I kind of just want to be powerful and knock out nightmare tier, you know, 90 dungeons and be like, yo, this is like really amazing. And just hop in and out of the season and have fun. And, and Blizzard's saying, no, you're not going to do that. On the other side of it, um, you know, it, it will give us a lot to think about, a lot to grind, a lot to experiment with that, um, you know, like I said, it'll just give us more to do, but you're not going to be cranking out really powerful stuff. But what that also means, though, is like, I've already played a ton of the end game, which for me is just tons of Nightmare Dungeons. It is definitely getting to the point where as much as I enjoy messing with the builds, it's just like I'm just slamming on group after group of enemies, and they have quite a few different enemy types that it's, it's still been pretty enjoyable. And, and what I want to do is end up changing my play styles, usually. Uh, um, that will bring me to like feel like, okay, I'm starting to enjoy playing again versus just grinding out these nightmare dungeons for leveling and or finding gear. But the point is, this game has a lot of work to do in the end game and i think we're going to be waiting a while um and so yeah again on that front i'm not sure that the game's in a state of like you can nerf people now because um you know yeah they'll they'll have plenty to do and there's all these things to you know soak up your time but the reality is you might just feel more pain in the same dungeon over and over again you know and and whether or not that's fun i kind of reserve more thoughts on that until I really get into the season, until I start a new character. If you've listened to previous podcast shows, I haven't done that before. So starting from zero as well is going to be a whole new perspective of like, was that a fun experience? Like, is this the right way to do seasons in Diablo 4? I'm looking forward to starting fresh only because, uh, again, I've spent so much time in the Nightmare Dungeons, it's kind of going to be nice to go back and do the quest line and kind of just level up and rethink about how it is, you know, starting to ride a bike again, so to speak. But um, yeah, just remember with the new quest line, you can skip the campaign if you've already finished it. Um, but yeah, I don't expect that to last long. And um, then, you know, this season's just going to be so much about leveling. And I really hope that the process of finding and playing with these malignant hearts is really fun and that the leveling happens along the way. But um I am honestly quite skeptical that we're going to get to world tier two. I'm going to be level 40. And as much as I want to get more of these powers, it's just going to be the same old grind. And then it's, it turns into like, well, do I want to do this more quickly? Do I want to just have, you know, group up and bowl over enemies? And it's not that fun, but I'm just like smashing enemies as fast as possible. Um, I generally don't like playing that way. So we'll see what that means for me. On that note, like, will I go to 100 again? Uh, I'm going to play a druid again, by the way, to start, because I want to kind of become a master, uh, in quotes, just for the record, a master druid. Um, but, like, part of that is I'm, I want to look at all the gear again, and I like learning new stuff, but at the same time, I just kind of want to focus on this season and try new builds, and I feel like I didn't really get to do that, and the Malignant Hearts, you know, will add to that on top of this. So, you know, I actually think I'll have really fun, uh, a lot of fun doing it. I know some people think that I'm crazy, but just 
the ease of like, oh man, I wanted to try whatever the ball work build. I wanted to try the shred lightning build, or I just wanted to try a companion build on a druid. And if you don't play a druid. I realize some of this doesn't make sense to everybody, but um, there's a lot that I haven't done as a druid, even being level 100. What happened with me is I made my own builds, played with um, the butcher's cleaver, which like, you know, fears and slows enemies. So it will like have these huge elites that will suddenly like turn around with the skull over their head or they'll just stand there like idiots. You know, um, I had a lot of fun with that and some other stuff and just kind of made my own earth build. Um, and then that sort of morphed into kind of closer to some of the more popular stuff. But the point is, at the end of this, I said, okay, I'm going to copy one of the most powerful builds in the game, which is the Wernado build. And I did, and I was like, holy cow, I definitely felt how far that power could go. And it was a lot of fun, but I mean, again, going back to what I said, it, it, uh, it could have been because I was at the end of the season and I felt like I sort of finished. But I actually was like, you know what? I don't really love this build um, from a fun factor. It was just like, hold down, I'm on mouse, hold down the right trigger and tornadoes just fly everywhere. And uh, that was like most of it. It wasn't like that technically fun. Um, I definitely think, well, I know for me, I like to play builds that are just, yeah, just fun. It's technically fun. I did the same thing with Elden Ring. You know, I'm not going to go off on that tangent, but I definitely didn't play the most popular stuff. And not because I didn't hear about it or I didn't think it was smart. It was like, I just like putting together my own stuff. I'm, these games, that's what they're designed to do is kind of let you role play your own character. And I really do recommend you do that before you start getting FOMO of like, man, I don't know. All my friends are like, why don't you use this? And, you know, again, that would be another topic and tangent for later. But um, I think it's very pervasive in Diablo 4 of like, if you're this character, you should be using this so you can do super high nightmare dungeons or so you can do. And like, there's definitely fun in that. But I also think people feel pressured for no reason at all. Like, just enjoy the Nightmare Dungeons and go for your loot. Um, it's fun. Play how you want. But uh, maybe I'd end on saying that in this process of getting to 100, playing the game a ton, and playing a lot of games like this, gear management in this game, right, the size of the stash, finding the affixes that, uh, you know, the legendary aspects you have, and being like, where are these? Do I have more than one? Do, do I have the most powerful one? Did I strip that and put it in my aspect inventory? It's, it's like a nightmare for a multi-million dollar game. Like multi one hundreds of million dollar game, no doubt. It just shocks me that this is not a, a, you know, a big part of the development of this type of game. But it, Diablo is not alone here. Um, I played Destiny. I've played you know Division. A lot of these games like managing your gear is just uh it's a afterthought and it's kind of just like an old school like and i'm sure some of you are groaning like yeah dude like just delete what you're not using and you can grind it later and i'm i'm the opposite i'm always like i will save everything that is of medium to high value and it fills up my stash and then like finding that stuff later it's just a nightmare but the point here right is that i get to level 100 i say okay you know i'll make this wear nato build I did it live on stream, so that is going to take a little more time, but it took me like three hours, uh, you know, and that was like finding the best, you know, chess pieces I had. And then I had to uh, 
roll the affixes and that stuff is going to take time and it was actually kind of fun but finding the the gear with the right aspects uh it's just a nightmare <laughs> so you know my point here is i'd like to talk about it a lot more with somebody else at a later time but um i think it's it takes the fun out of the game because it slows you down it makes me want to not boot it up sometimes and um as we roll into the new season and it's not going to happen, it'd just be so nice to be able to find stuff easier, try different builds. Even if it takes you instead of three hours, right? It takes you an hour. Like that'd be a huge win. Uh, I know a lot of people in the game, they want loadouts. They want like you find online when you go to do D4 builds, GG, um, D4 builds.gg, for example, you can like search your aspects and it's so much nicer. Um, but obviously you can't do that in the game. So, Anyway, a little bit of a tangent there, but um, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed the show and this breakdown and some of my feedback here. I'd like to do more of these, but I need your support. So follow the podcast. Take a quick second to do that if you can. Uh, like, share, comment, any engagement is great, hopefully to get it recommended to others. Um, again, if you want to see more, um, I would like to do more. So um, as well, if you follow any creators, you know, and you want me to talk to them, say, hey, hit up Fran Mirabella. I'm on Twitter. I'm on YouTube, um, you know, pretty easy to find. And as well, again, I'm on Twitch. Uh, you can find me at www.twitch.tv slash FM3 underscore. Those are my initials, by the way. I'm Fran Mirabelle the third. So FM3 is my gamer tag. And I had to put an underscore after it, thanks to Twitch. All right. I hope you all have a blast out there in the new season. Diablo has two expansions planned already, remember. So it's got years to grow. I'm excited to see where the journey goes. Um, but until next time, Slayers, enjoy your loot.